Why don't we begin? This is Fresh Hop Cinema. Hey again, welcome to Fresh Hop Cinema. If you've never joined us before, uh, you don't know this, but you should assume Johnny's just shaking a can of beer, and that's going to be our first beer. Uh, But if you haven't heard our show before, we are a craft beer and movie podcast. That's Johnny Summers. What's up? My name's Max Minardi. We cover two craft beers and one movie every single week of our lives for the past couple years. Is it just one movie? Well, if you count our flick picks newest segment then no it might be a couple but uh we're on episode 107 so thanks for tuning in we're covering another indie film this week called beautiful boy starring steve carell and timothy chalamet which we will get to at some point but first a break first we'll be right back I hate when podcasts we looking talk at about you this. pch right there's so many like like high profile podcasts like all right we're talking about this on the show welcome to the podcast and we'll be right back after these messages it's like why why though i have something to complain about as far as podcasts okay i think that's hot and bothered territory 101 okay Let's yeah, say, I guess like, that's for the end. Huh? Yeah, totally. Let's just write that down. Yeah. Make sure I don't forget. So if you want to hear that, that's a really nice teaser too. Oh, Stick around till hot and bothered in the danger zone. Hear what Johnny's about to complain about. Yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna gripe about podcasts. Love it. Well, yeah. I think I think for my sanity and yours, if we are gonna start getting into gripe zone later on, we should uh, start with the beer and maybe uh, get our get our juices flowing that way. You're high on coffee. Uh I am and trying life. to hydrate and life. Bro. Uh, a little bit of sunlight today for the first time in Chico, California, which is where we're based out of. And I guess while I'm housekeeping. Uh, if you do like our show, please rate us and review us wherever you listen to podcasts. It help, uh, helps other people find our show that maybe are interested. Oh, that's that nitro bubble. Um, also, you can follow us on social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, all at Fresh Hop Cinema. Or like some of our most dedicated and most awesomest listeners, you can write us an email at fhccast at gmail.com. That's fhccast at gmail.com. Johnny Summers. What's up? I think I shook this a little I too much. I think you shook it a little too it much. It says shake well. <laughs> uh, what are we drinking? What are you shaking so well? I'm going to use my ale horn bag as a rag. Deal. Oh, I have this here. Use this. Uh, I mean, this is... This is way more metal. All right. It is more metal. You're right. I'm using a bag as a rag. A bag from a bone uh, bone mug. Which it's is not, that sounds bone. weird. Yeah, isn't well uh, it's fibers. Horn is a bone. No, isn't it? no, I guess maybe not. There's, it's like follicles right. of stuff. What would you call it if it's not a bone? I don't know. If you know something, yeah, something. Uh, if you don't know what he's talking about, check our Instagram, maybe Twitter. Oh yeah, wherever that the, photo of you holding your ale horn is. Yeah, yeah. So now my hand's sticky. I digress. That's cool. So our first beer is called Nutty Operator, coming out of a brewery called Altamont Beer Works from Livermore, California. Did you know they're in Livermore? Yeah. That's, I thought they were like San Francisco. I thought, because Altamont does the sour stuff, right? A lot of the, uh, um, no, I'm thinking, um, I'm thinking of Almanac. Mm-hmm. They're out of San Francisco. Boom. Okay. Correct. Cool. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. So we're going to be drinking, like I said, Nutty Operator. It is an English style oatmeal stout, but it's got uh, some su- tricks up its sleeve. A couple hey. surprises for you. Uh, I want to read what they write. Is this from the website? It sure is. Nutty Operator is a peanut butter version of Smooth Operator. A smooth, rich, full-bodied oatmeal stout. Heavy on the oats and chocolate malt, this complex beer balances out with a medium roast character, followed by huge flavors and aromas of peanut butter, like drinking a Reese's peanut butter cup. And they wrote that too. No peanut allergy warning. Yeah, so apparently there's no nuts in this. So I saw this, um, and I don't know what, why I thought this, but I kind of assumed this was going to be um, a high ABV beer, but it is not. It's 5.8%, um, and it only has 11 ratings on Beer Advocate, which is where... Uh, I found this stat, but it averages about four out of five, so a pretty good beer. Uh, my last question to you then, Johnny, before we get into it, is where – actually, I guess I have two questions. Where and how much money can they find this and buy it for? Where and how much money? Yeah. I got this at Spikes for like five bucks Love for it. a 16-ounce can. Great. And this is the first time I think they've ever canned it. I was uh, looking, and I saw a bunch of new stuff from Altamont that I'd never seen in cans before. Uh, Dank Affair, which is their really good double IPA, was in cans and never seen that. So brand new artwork, some brand new cans. I think they're really just expanding their their lineup out in the market, and really stoked to see it. They make good beer. Great. Um, what do you what are you hoping to get out of this beer? I feel like we sometimes do this, and sometimes we don't. But now that I remembered, what do you want out of this beer? Oh yes, yeah, expecting. Uh, uh, and have you had the original, I'm gonna, the smooth operator? Uh, I don't remember. I don't think I have. I might have. It's a good possibility. Yeah, fair enough. But yeah, if I was going to Nick land this beer, I sure. would say 
that I am expecting what they advertise, which sure. is like drinking a Reese's peanut butter cup, which is maybe top three all time candies for me. Is that right? I love peanut butter and chocolate. That's a good combo. It's like yeah. peanut butter and chocolate Oreos. Never had. Oh, like dipping them. No, the chocolate. Or like it's a chocolate cookie, but the filling's peanut butter flavored. That's the thing now. Yeah, I remember I used to dip Oreos in peanut butter a lot of the parent trap. That's a good thing too. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm my my big worry for this is that the same with any peanut buttery type beers that the peanut butter is going to be just too overwhelming and like cheesy. Not cheesy. I should be careful <laughs> with my words here. Um, I hate a cheesy peanut butter. Disingenuine. I, I'm worried that it'll be too artificial. Um, so I'm curious as you're tasting your first sip. Do you get that or do you find it more satisfying? That's really good. Dope. That and man, really, that, really I mean, good. the pour you gave was wonderful. This the head retention on this nitro beer is so, oh, it's just so good. Frothy and creamy. Yeah. This is what we should have put in the horn ale. That would have looked so, so appetizing. Yeah. That would be cool. All right. Tell me more. So yeah, that you get a ton of kind of roast coffee flavors up front, but then it really just it emerges with all of this peanut buttery goodness in the middle of the beer and on the finish. It finishes nice and smooth and easy drinking. And the nitro carbonation leaves it nice and creamy. It's not abrasive at all that's really yeah that's really good um man yeah i'm i'm happily happily uh happily found is what i am that beer's that's, killer that's real sweet but not overly this is good yeah it's balanced out by like the bitterness of the the coffee and the roasted malts nicely yeah i feel like the extent of cans that have a nitro ball in them to give it this sort of feel uh is very slim there's a very slim there's no nitro ball in there no sir well how does it do that i don't understand a lot that's why you have to shake it up bro really yeah Oh, because I know like the old Guinness cans, or maybe they still do. They have the little ball that. Kinda... Some of them do. Yeah. Okay. Right. Yeah. Well, this is good, man. I don't think there's too many beers that I've had on nitro out of a can or bottle. Like Left Hand Milk Stout comes to mind, and that's all I can think of right now. Mm -hmm. But this is very good. There's a few out there. I think we've done a couple, but yeah, yeah this sure. I like this one quite a bit. I usually like beers from Altamont. Yeah, there. I mean, they make. I mean, what else have I, have I had? Do you think? Oh shoot, they have a bunch of good beers, and I can't remember all of them. Um, like juice above the clouds is Oh, one. sure. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I brought a bunch when we did, uh, the greatest showman night here. Okay. All those beers were from Altamont because um, they had just started canning. Gotcha. I yeah. looked at their website a little bit earlier to get this info and they did have a list and it looked extensive and all of their labels, by the way, are super cool yeah. and super fun. Um, if my computer decides to pull that up, we'll, uh, we'll take a look. Um, but all in all, very tasty beer so far. Yeah. I really enjoy it. This is one that, like, if this is just around, I'm going to be buying more. Yeah. Of it. Have you seen it um, maybe on tap anywhere in town? Uh, I, you know, it's hard to say. I've seen it here and there. Like, I think I've seen it at the Goose. Sure. You know, see, I love that label, the the something new, the Mocha something new. That's uh, got Jeff Bridges from right Big Lebowski. On. You've seen it maybe at the Goose. You said. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, I'd be. This would be a great beer on draft. Yep. Oh, we just did Mr. Bigglesworth. I forgot that was from Altamont. Oh, I did too. Yeah. So they have they have a bunch on their website. They've got really, really fun labels for all of them. They've got at least, I don't know, six times. Wow, a lot. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. They got like 40 beers. We did the can we've had the can life. I know we drank that okay. that night. Sure. Uh and Juice Above the Clouds is good. Uh the Maui Wowie triple IPA is really good. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I don't think I've had many that really missed from them. It's it's all really good. Yeah, agreed. This so, is yeah, and this is up there from the ones that I see on the list that I've tried. I need to make a trip back down there. Yeah, I haven't been there. I don't think I've ever been there. I'll be uh, I'll be near Livermore. I can uh, well, kind of. I can make a trip for you. Do it. It would be uh, a couple weeks from now, probably. Do it. But I think I could swing it. That'd be cool. Yeah, yeah, that'd be fun. Okay. Um, my other one thing is that this is maybe a tad bit cold for uh, what it, what might happen to it if we let it warm up. That's fair. Um, so if you're okay with it, I'd like to hold off on rating this and maybe jump into some flick pick territory. Talk a little bit about what we've been watching and then come back and rate this baby by the end. Let's do it. Let's dip our toes in the pop culture waters. What have you been watching, Max? So I want to start um, with sort of sort of a downer. I think this is a cool. It's, I know. And I think this is going to be an episode of downers a little bit. Hey, are you guys here for a good um, time? Yeah, get out of here. Leave. Um, so it's a it's a documentary that came out last or not last year anymore, 2017. Um, and I'm going to pull it up here. It's called City of Ghosts. It's um, it's a documentary chronicling these this group of, of people who were in the city of Raqqa, Syria, and they were there right when ISIS took over and sort of started doing ISIS things. That doesn't seem like a good place to be. No, lots of executions, beheadings, that that sort of thing. You know, you know, typical typical ISIS. Yeah. Um, and these guys, uh, I haven't finished the movie. I should say that I started and I had to turn it off after about forty minutes because it was so heavy. So I'm gonna go back and finish it. But, um, it's it's a very intense movie that. 
I think sheds a lot of light on what you're always hearing about of like, yeah, ISIS is bad and beheadings, but when you have to face it and actually uh, kind of deal with the consequences right in front of you, gives you sort of a fraction of a look into kind of what is going on. Yeah. And this was in the, their city. You know, yes. like this is a, from the perspective, first person perspective. Yeah. It's real, real, real tough. Cause like they do a lot of sort of undercover um, videography. And obviously I don't think ISIS wants that blasted cause they try to make this city look like paradise and they use it in their, um, uh, come on, what do you call the thing where propaganda promos? Yeah, sure. And they cut a hot promo. Yeah. And they'll be like, look at this paradise. Come join ISIS. You can live here. And then they'll get behind the scenes footage. These other guys will and be like, this is not good. There's not enough food. People are dying. People are getting murdered. Um, and it's real, real heavy, Man. but it's available on Amazon and for streaming and probably other places. If you have my note, I don't think it's on Netflix, but it looks like it's on Amazon iTunes. You can probably buy it on, on YouTube, like you said, yeah. but it sounds yeah. like a interesting watch. I mean, I yeah. get sucked into documentaries like that sometime where you're like, why am I an hour into documentary about child right? slavery? Yeah, like, dude. It just happens. There's a there's another documentary I watched that's gotten a lot of Oscar buzz for this year. It's called Three Identical Strangers. Have mm. you seen this floating around? No. Uh, basically, three twins were separated at birth, and it kind of goes in. It's an amazing story. Um, really well done. Is this one where they end up all being like into the same stuff? Uh, yes. And without uh, maybe I'll tell you more on the break because yeah. there's some some pretty crazy twists that happen in, for a true story. But then you watch something like this, and it's like I don't. It doesn't matter. That other like <laughs> I don't care about. Yeah. The, like this is horrible. Yeah. Um, I think in life you need a balance of that. You know, it's good yeah. to have reality checks like documents, documentaries like this mm-hmm. that are a, a real dip into the real world and the, the evils and how dark humanity can be. Right. I know? think there was another documentary that came out, I believe the same year, the somewhere in 2017 called the last man in Aleppo, which is another city in Syria. Um, I'm just gonna pull that up real fast. You just went deep in on Syria. This yeah. Week. So like, I mean, there's there were a lot of a lot of documentaries that came out about that time back in 2014, right after uh, or 13, right after the Arab Spring, and there was the power vacuum where Assad went down, and they had the that's where ISIS came in. Mm-hmm. Um, and I haven't seen Last Man in Aleppo yet, but same same warning. I think like real heavy material. Hour and a half documentary. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so if you're if you're looking to learn more about that situation. Um, or just get a little bit more cultured about what's going on around the world, I would recommend those. Don't sit down wanting a good time. Yeah. So yeah. that's my spiel. Uh, City of Ghosts. What about you? That's crazy. Sorry, I was just thinking nope. about Syria, man. Yeah. I, I've known people that have immigrated from Syria to get away from that civil war. Mm-hmm. It's pretty crazy. Yeah. One dude immigrated here and owned a liquor store in paradise that burned down. Yep. It's like, well, oh, man. Yeah. God, that's a one bummer to another. Mm-hmm. Tell you what's not a bummer is what I watched this week. Go. The Netflix original Dumplin'. I watched this because I heard a little bit of a blurb about it on Pop Culture Happy Hour. I believe it was Glenn Weldon who had a, l- Glenn a little Weldon. piece on it. And I'm like, I love this dude. And if he likes it and says it's worth watching, I'm going to check it out. And sure enough, it was amazing. Yeah, what's it about in, in a nutshell? So the, the nutshell is that it's about uh, a girl and her mom and her aunt. And okay. basically the girl is slightly overweight, not, you know, aesthetically pleasing by the world standards. Big air quotes there. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Big air quotes. And that's kind of what this movie is about because her mom, played by Jennifer Aniston, is a former teen beauty pageant winner and she runs a, a beauty pageant. And basically her daughter, Willow Dean, also known as Dumplin', played right. by Danielle McDonald, uh, really never gets any of her attention. So she kind of resorts to joining a beauty pageant, much to the chagrin mm-hmm. of everyone in the pageant community. Right. And uh, it's got an amazing soundtrack. It's all Dolly Parton. Um, it's just a fabulous movie. It's wonderful. It'll kind of grab you by the feels a little bit too, but it definitely feels just like a big hug. Like it's a really feel good type movie with a, with a nice message and it's well done and some really good actor acting in it. Yeah. So I would highly recommend watching it cause it's free on Netflix. Netflix. There you go. Yeah. Go watch it. Uh, you mentioned Danielle McDonald before the show and, and, and this movie and she was in a film called patty cakes, which I still can't tell if it was a 24, but it has that kind of a 24 vibe to it. Definitely in any movie. Yeah. She is a, uh, a, an aspiring rapper and it's sort of the suspended reality type situation, but it's, very good. And I think she's doing some good things. Like I said to you, I started watching Dumplin', didn't have a chance to finish it, but I'm going to go back after your your stunning uh, review. 
Nice. What yeah. did Dun- what's Dumplin doing on uh, Rotten Tomatoes? I will tell you right in just a second. Um, before I do though, any further thoughts on this beer? Is it's warmed up just a little bit? Uh, it's really not that much warmer. Yeah. So nothing yet. Fair enough. It's rated pretty well. Yeah. So Dumplin has got a uh, an eighty four overall on on the tomato meter. Is it certified fresh? I believe it is certified is that fresh. What the, that's what the little green banner means. right? Yeah. It's either like this or or uh, to, uh, tomatoes. Mm. Right. Tomatoes you get thrown at because mm-hmm. bad stuff. And then, exactly. You know. Yeah. It was worth a watch, man. Check yeah, it out. We'll do. Um, so I actually did notice a little bit of a difference in this beer. I drank it down just a little bit, um, and I'm getting a little bit more chocolate coming out, a little bit less of that sweetness, which, um, for how good it was when it was cold, um, I'm, I'm not more excited that it's changing because uh, this is pretty good from the get. Um, but I think it's a, that's a very telling thing when you can drink a dark ale cold mm-hmm. and just really enjoy it. Totally. I'm I'm a big fan of this beer. Yeah. This is a good call. I'm going to rate it. Okay. What it's, you got? It's an eight. Eight. Why is it an eight? Because it's delicious. Uh, it is one of the better nitro non-barrel-aged stouts I've ever had. You don't get a lot of them in cans either. No. So, yeah, it's really good. I like the, the peanutty-ness of it. it. They hit that really well. It doesn't taste too artificial, and it's also not overbearing. Uh, I could almost stand for this beer to be a little bit sweeter on the finish. Yeah. That's why I rated it a little bit lower than a, like an eight or above, uh, because when I'm drinking or eating a Reese's cup, as this advertises, it does not get bitter as I am finishing it. Uh, so a lot of like the the black coffee notes come through, and that's when you kind of remember you're drinking a stout. Yeah, I actually kind of like that aspect. Um, I, I really like the maltiness, kind of um, burnt espresso kind of taste at the end. For that reason, I'm going to go eight point five. Oh shoot! I think it's pretty good. Um, I would maybe like a little bit. Uh, less of the uh, the sweetness up front because it kind of hits hard and then does mellow out. Um, and that's maybe my only thing. It's a little bit tilted to one side in terms of tasting experience, but it's a velvety delicious beer. Yeah, it's really good. And five bucks a can is not unreasonable. I think um, as far as like crafty 16 ounce beers go, that's kind of right there in the market. I think four packs probably like 16, I would imagine. Something like that, yeah. Um, but but very good altogether. Yeah, it's I would really say. good. If you see this out and about, I would totally grab one and consume it, yeah. so you can make your own mind up. And that's that's Nutty Operator from Altamont. And if you see it around town on tap, yeah, try it. Let us know what you think. Yeah, or if you see it in a can, try it. Yes, and try both. Try them side by side. And it's only five point eight percent. That's uh, real drinkable. Yeah, you can drink one of these and not have to worry about driving. After two or three, you should probably not drive, but first one, you know, there you go. Have a good time. Have it with lunch. Fresh Hops Anime Incorporated does not promote drunk exactly. driving in any way, shape, or form. Yeah. I can't think of any more good legal no, jargon very to say good. really yeah. fast, but I wanted to yeah. say it really fast. Um, Max, all right. Max well, Minardi and Johnny Summers release all liability. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, yeah, man. Do we have, I know we do, but maybe I'll save it till after the break. I want to give a couple shout outs to listeners, um, but I want to get them in order first, so I guess I shouldn't have brought that up now. We can just uh, keep let's shout hanging. out people just because. All right, I got to look through my uh, my list of things here, but I uh, know Trevor Maturo. I got a great email. Yeah, that big was a, whoop. That was lovely. I'm gonna see if I can find he it. He chimed in on what was it, the danger zone of last week's episode, yeah. Mary Queen of Scots, regarding so. uh, behead, oh, beheading. Yeah, we had a big discussion about beheading and like talking about how and to what extent you're uh, aware of your death yeah. after you were beheaded. And I I'd heard four seconds somewhere, um, and I don't remember what Trevor's email said because I believe. I had read it sort of late at night after a few drinks. That sounds like something we would do. Um, let's see. Uh, yeah, he, Trevor, lots of lots of good, um, lots of good info here about beheading. Also, very excited for you and Shelby. It sounds like you guys are doing real well in terms of all that. Uh, and that yeah. really sounded. Um, I don't want to. I'm not going to go into their personal lives. Yeah, it's not really public. You know, anyone's business but theirs. But uh, so just to you two, I'm very happy for you guys. Yeah, Shelby's mending up. Yes, so great. Look forward to seeing her out at a. An event soon. Yeah. Yeah. And also shout out to Nick Land because he's yes. just always awesome. I so I'm maybe you can help me remember this. Unless it was on Facebook, then you wouldn't know about it. I got a really nice compliment. I think it might have been from Nick, but if it was, you would have read it too. Um, something about me. Who went back and listened to episode one? Oh, that was Brandon Duran. Was that Brandon? Yeah. Okay. Where was that? I can't find it anywhere. Uh I think he just messaged that to me privately on Facebook. I read it as well. Or he did it on Patreon. Maybe it was Patreon. But either way, he went back and listened to episode one. Yeah, like kind of compared side by side. Yeah. Uh, and my takeaway among everything was that uh, my beer knowledge has gotten a little bit better. And I'm yeah. very excited about that because I've been actively trying to be smarter about beer over the past couple of years. Uh, and thank you for noticing. Word. So there we go. Yeah. Yeah. And also Jared Schmidt 
because he's always super active in the comments and on sure. Instagram. Love it. Everywhere. Uh, I just love the interaction from the fans. So it's great to see all your names popping up. Uh, keep it coming. I want to shout out John Wallen too. He hit me up after we talked about Mexican cake after you did mm. uh, with Westbrook stuff last week. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he said he might have one that we can share. So thank you for your generosity. John. Well, that would just be terrible. I would love that because yeah. I'd love to try one and my own co-host doesn't save it for me. So exactly. I'd love to try it. Yep. Okay. <laughs> totally. Uh, what say we jump to break. We give people a warning real quick. We're not going to spoil beautiful boy. Well, then why are we warning people? Because that's the warning. I guess that's not a warning, bro. You're you're right. Uh, Let's let people know they don't have to worry about beautiful boy being spoiled. Yeah. We will only spoil beautiful boys in the third segment. Yes. Uh, I feel like the S that you added on the boys is very telling. What? Check our grammar here. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. Uh, So no, no spoilers for beautiful boy. Uh, But do stick around. Don't change the dial if you're somehow listening on a radio that we are broadcasting live, which is not something we do. After these messages, we'll be right back. If you're looking for a cool place to shimmy your way on down to in Chico, California for a nice burger and maybe a craft beer, I highly recommend the Handlebar located right here in Chico, California. I'm going to second that recommendation because not only do all the things you just say become true once you go, I'm trying to save this rut, uh, they have a happy hour from two to six, seven days a week. That's right. You get a dollar off all their draft beers. Again, that's the Handlebar right here in Chico at 2070 East 20th Street. During that happy hour, if you are a lover of the fermented grape, you can get half off a bottle of wine. Heyo, so half off a bottle of wine, dollar off any draft beer, two to six every day of the week. Handlebar Chico. Check them out. When I tried it, I felt better than I ever had, so I just kept on doing it. Why? I don't know. I thought we were closer than most fathers and sons. <laughs> this isn't us. This is not who we are. Both of you, stop. There are moments that I look at him and I wonder who he is. How's our boy, David? I'm not giving up now. Never. It's you. You always got to be controlling everything. It doesn't make any sense. You're controlling me right now. It's you. Let us help you. I don't want your help. Don't you understand that? I had such grand plans. He'd graduate from college, do something amazing. And now I just want him to not die. Who are you, Nick? This is me, Dad. Here, this is who I am. If you could take all the words in the language, it still wouldn't describe how much I love you. I love you more than everything. I'm really sorry, Dad. And so we embark upon Downy Downy. Uh, what am I trying to say? It's pretty down. Downer, I guess. Downery type Downery. thing number two of the episode. Yeah. Uh, that's a trailer for Beautiful Boy. It is a film starring Steve Carell and Timothy Chalamet as a father and a son, uh, only one of which who struggles with being addicted to crystal meth. Uh, spoiler alert, it is the son, played by Timothy Chalamet. This is a film adapted from two books, one called Beautiful Boy, written by David Sheff, played by Steve Carell, and the other called Tweak, written by Nick Chef, The Son. So this is a real-life story directed by, and here we go, I'm going to say Felix Van, what was I going to say, Greningen? Yeah. And you were going to say Groningen. Groningen. It's spelled G-R-O-E-N-I-N-G-E-N. It was adapted for the screen by Felix Van Groningen and Luke Davis. So, Johnny. Yes. Tell me about your viewing experience, where you saw it, what you thought of it. So I went to see this uh, at an early showing at the pageant theater on, I believe it was Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was definitely Tuesday. By myself, it was me and like five other people in the theater. Uh, only one other person was with another person. Everyone else was there individually, which is kind of cool. Bunch yeah. of people going to the movies by yourselves mm-hmm. to be Stigmas sad. be damned. Yep. Yeah. So it was a good viewing experience. It was nice and quiet. Um, I mean, no distractions really in the theater. Uh, that was it, man. I nice. Mean, yeah, how about you? Uh, so I, I was going to go to the pageant, um, but I had some life stuff come up, and I ended up streaming it on Amazon. Um, ironically, because I think I went on a couple of high horses and told people like, no, you shouldn't stream. You should go support local businesses and local theaters that take the time to bring these movies to your town. And then I, you know, didn't, didn't, um, no, I watched it on Amazon over the course of two viewings. Okay. Um, and 
Um, I, this isn't a movie that one enjoys necessarily. Yeah. Um, but before we get into our feelings, I wanted to mention this was originally released on October 12th, distributed by Amazon Studios. It runs just under two hours long at one hour and 52 minutes. And worldwide, as of the 6th of January of 2019. Felt like three. Yeah. It's made $10.2 million. Okay. Pretty good for an indie film. Yeah. So I'm going to jump in with some of my my thoughts and and really reflect on what you just said. Uh, this is a movie I needed to talk about immediately, either with my wife or a bartender. Uh, I got home and was just trying to download like the movie, you know what I mean? And just like decompress a little from this experience that you kind of went through. And, and she was kind of saying, oh, it sounds like you liked it. I'm like, well, it was thought provoking. Mm. But saying I like this movie is like saying I really enjoy watching Schindler's List. Mm-hmm. It's not something mm-hmm. you enjoy. It's something that maybe has something important to say. And there's moments of real beauty and nice performances in it, but it is definitely not a movie that you enjoy and maybe recommend to people to watch on their birthday. Sure. No, overall, this movie was really dark, which is not surprising given the description and any of the trailers. Mm-hmm. It was a real deep dive into addiction and the relationship between a father and a son. Uh, and it really gave a lot of room for Steve Carell to shine uh, and to Timothy Chalamet. They both gave amazing performances. Uh, in a movie that, in my opinion, was uh, a little bit less than enjoyable. Yeah. I, I share your sentiments a lot. I think on top of being not enjoyable, obviously, emotionally, I don't think it was a particularly well-done movie. Yeah. Um, you know more about this stuff than I do. I don't know. I tend to read a lot about, um, you know, I don't know, movies in general and structures and sure. whatever. Um, and maybe we'll get into some spoiler stuff there. But for me, a lot of the pacing was off. Um, there were some really, uh, there were some choices for the soundtrack. That I think were very uh, noticeable, um, but didn't necessarily add to the experience of what was going on during the songs. Um, and they were so noticeable that I think it took me out a lot of the time. The other big thing is the the continuity here. There's a lot of time jumping in this movie. And um, for me personally, dealing with like watching somebody deal with addiction, I think some of the most powerful things can come from watching them kind of struggle in real time. And I was telling you this before we started, there's, there's obviously big heavy moments that I think are interspliced a lot of the time with flashbacks to when he's a kid or when he was in rehab. I was also a little bit confused by the timeline. Yeah. I know at one point they're like one year ago or mm-hmm. something. And I don't think we ever got that again. It was like, just try to pay attention. Um, obviously when he's a, like a six year old, you can tell, but there's a lot of moments in here where it's like, okay, he's in rehab and oh, now he's relapsing or and it was just hard to get invested because it was hard to follow. So yeah. Like, the descent would have been more obvious if it was a bit more linear. Yeah, I also I think I don't know. I think for what this was telling, and and granted, this feels a little bit more loaded now that I'm knowing that I'm vamping on like a real life story. Um, so just to delineate between the two, not judging the person, judging the film. Yeah. Um, and 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 for me, a lot of those time hops and and some of the, I, I just went on for a long time. Well, their life didn't happen in that order. Right. So. Well, yeah. Sure. Um. But like there's essentially the central conflict is his addiction to crystal meth and then trying to get better. And then maybe you can make an argument for this movie is really just about their relationship, which I think would be a stronger movie. Um, I would have loved to have spent more time with Steve Carell and Timothy Chalamet just talking. I think some of the strongest points of this movie are when they're just going head to head. Yeah. There's like a really, um, really strong diner scene. I thought, and there's a phone call that really, uh, did a lot for me too. Yeah. Overall, I think the performances between the two leads are for sure the highlight of this movie. Um, and other than that, I don't think it's going to stick with me too much. No, I think this movie was was made about the middle part of a struggle. Yeah. You know, this feels like a middle movie in a trilogy or something. You know, yeah. it was just an interesting segment to look at, you know. And it's, I mean, if it's something subject matter-wise that you're not super familiar with, maybe it's good for people to watch and kind of see what it's like. Mm-hmm. Um, I've had some personal experience with losing people to drug addiction and whatnot. So it's kind of like... Yeah, I've kind of been there and done that and seen that and uh, maybe didn't really need this story in my life as much as somebody that's never had any experience with that. So There might be an argument for having gone through this at some point, like the catharsis of watching it go down on screen being actually very beneficial to some people. Yeah. I could see that too. Um, I personally think they didn't push a lot of things far enough. Hmm. Yeah. There's, I mean, yeah, maybe we'll get into that too. Dangers yeah. and stuff, but yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know, man. Like Steve Carell, I love, obviously we've talked about the office a bunch on here. I have a hard oh, yeah. time, um, sometimes 
separating the two. Yeah. Like anytime he yells in this movie, I just hear Michael Scott's voice. It's hard not to. It also doesn't help that- uh, I declare. Yeah. Amy Ryan is in this, who plays Holly Flax in The Office. Yeah. Who is um, his real life wife, isn't she? No, his real life is, uh, I don't know her name, but she's the one who plays Carol, the realtor in The Office. Oh, uh, that's right. Yeah. So, okay. Anyways. Um, I don't know. I wanted to point out there's, there are like a lot of really beautiful, serene shots in here. There's a lot of things at home. There's like a backyard sprinkler thing that I think was really nice. That I found yeah. it to be quite moving. Um, there's a really great shot of him driving some coastal highway with his head out the window, kind of like the Joker and Batman, but less crazy. Um, yeah. But it was still really beautiful shots. I don't think I would say the cinematography as a whole in this movie is great, but there are moments, uh, which you could draw an analogy to like that being the case of somebody who is addicted to meth. Yeah. There's moments where it's very beautiful and serene and then the rest of it's kind of, and that's maybe a fallback of the whole movie, like the timeline scattered. And you're, well, that's how it might come up. Like maybe that's how he remembers it or yeah. I don't know. Um, overall yeah. is, is fine. I mean, it was fine. It was interesting in parts and there were some good performances, but uh, moments aren't enough for me to say I enjoyed the movie or that it was good. Yeah, you know, same. you can't judge a movie on a few moments that you liked. Yeah. So, Although it's weird how many people do that. People are just like, they'll think their favorite movie and they'll just quote one thing and they're like, that's my favorite scene. Doesn't matter. Yeah. I don't think that's correct. Like, but, but was it an enjoyable movie? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, I didn't, didn't really become endeared to any of the characters except maybe Steve Carell. Yeah. Everyone else was kind of a throwaway. Um, there were, what's his name in the movie? Nick. Yeah. The, the drug addicted kid. He has younger stepbrothers. Yeah. And that relationship was kind of hard to watch, you know, just sure. them being like super disappointing and asking what drugs are and like just stuff like that was kind of, it got dark, but I mean, it's part of that dynamic that you're going to have to live through in a family, you know? Yeah, definitely. It's so. yeah. I think some of those hard hitting things did happen when it's like, there's a conversation because some of these shots like really up close and personal as they should be. I think there's a scene with him. I think his, his younger brother, um, kind of laying in the sand talking to each other. They'll be half brothers, not step brothers. Sure, yeah. Um, and yeah, that's a, that's a good point. Uh, they're like just talking. And I think the, the half brother says something like, I was, it was, he's Timothy Chalamet says, was it weird seeing me after all those times? I think he's just kind of gotten clean and comes back to the family for a little bit. And the brother says like, I was scared at first, but you haven't really changed or I was worried you'd be a different person. I feel like that was a really, I think Timothy Chalamet's performance in that scene was very good. Yeah. Like that's gotta be such a reassuring thing to hear from an innocent child who has no reason to lie to you. Like has no knowledge of why that would be bad to say if you were different. Yeah. Well, the phrasing in that scene was kind of uh, slicing. Because the, what the kid actually says is, you're just the same old Nick. Oh, that's true. So yeah. it's like, that can be either like really sweet or mm -hmm. that can be like heartbreaking. That's true. Because his whole he's kind of got the um, the uh, black sheep sort of thing going for him. He's sort of the artsy kid and likes to write and draw. and um, Which like, what? Yeah. yeah. Sorry. No, you're fine. <laughs> it just threw me that he felt so alienated because his dad's like a writer for Rolling Stone. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's very weird, man. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I really yeah. didn't understand his motivation for being a drug addict. Mm -hmm, right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the, the movie opens with that scene in the, in the therapy office or in the public. Where was that? Was that a therapist? I guess. Uh, he was like, um, well, this isn't, sorry, this isn't about, this is a personal oh, thing. Yeah. Um, I didn't really get who that was. They didn't explain it. It was probably just someone that knows more about meth than yeah, yeah. Steve Carell. Yeah. So yeah, overall there was moments there was, there was bright spots, but overall this movie fell flat. It was a little dull yeah. for me. I have a pet peeve where people who, and this is a real, this isn't necessarily about the movie, but I wish they wouldn't have done it this way where Steve Carell's like kind of doing research on the internet about meth and what meth addiction looks like. And he kind of spews it back at Nick almost verbatim. And it just sounds so canned and weird. Like you're, you're in the third phase of addiction. This is called, and it's like, that's not a human. Like, I don't think that's how you would talk to your son necessarily. I mean, if you're desperate, I don't know. Yeah. Um, but it felt a little, there's a couple lines in there that was like, okay, yeah. Kind of rubbed me the wrong way. I'm not sure if it's a real thing in real life or I'm just mad about the movie. Yeah. But one of those. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah. Um, did you have favorite parts of this movie? Again, kind of weird question given the subject matter, but. Yeah, uh, not nothing worth mentioning. Yeah. I mean, favorite. There were those moments I think we've already touched on. Just the few visual scenes that were nice to look at. But I mean, um, there were some moments from Steve Carell that were really powerful. And it reminds you of like just what a good actor he actually is. Yeah. Like he was really powerful in a few spots and like mm -hmm. seeing Steve Carell cry. It's the worst. Uh, I was completely unacceptable for mm -hmm. me. Uh, I did not appreciate it one bit. Yeah. It's pretty rough, man. Um, I think Timothy Chalamet did a, well, him and the writers did a, 
a relatively good job of capturing what that might look like, what an addiction might look like in the cycle of trying to recover and kind of spiraling and relapsing. Um, and there, I, I, but I think to what you were saying earlier, like they could have gone a little bit further. Grant, again, this is a kid's real life. So I'm glad they didn't fabricate it. Um, but in a, in a fictional thing, I think from a storytelling arc, it would have been a little bit more powerful. Um, well, and he went pretty far. That's true. You know, but I think they still cleaned it up quite a bit. Yeah. It could have been a lot more gritty and dirty feeling and just visceral and real. Um, there was a lot of scenes that were kind of showing him in the throes of his addiction and dealing like there's a scene that involves CPR yeah. and like, there's no way that either of them would be that clean. Oh, sure. You know, there's yeah. just little things like that. Like, no, that's just, yeah, it's not in the realm of reality. And I understand they have to clean it up for a movie a little bit, but it, it could have been a bit darker. I think that would have been a bit much, a bit more accurate of a portrayal. Have you seen train spotting? Yes. That I feel like is a great movie. Yeah. Uh, a. That's a heavy dark movie. Yeah. Too. B is a great movie for the portrayal of addiction to hard drugs. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think what, whatever that vibe is in that movie, the grittiness of it, um, I, it was weird. Like the juxtaposition of the very pretty scenes. Mm hmm. I almost did want what you're saying, like a really darkness on the other side. And it, was, it felt like a pretty normal for the most part. Yeah. I it think was, they yeah. could have gone darker. Yeah. I think it would have been a little bit more impactful at least. Yeah. Um, all that to say, uh, good performances. I think that's my takeaway on this. There was, they did a very good job between the two, yeah. Steve Crow and Timothy Chalamet. And I appreciated that. I think like, they're both actors that I love. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's, that's where I'm at with this movie. So how does that affect your rating? Just curious. Cause I know you want to rate them. We're going to rate the movie as a whole overall, sure, but sure. you have to, you know, differentiate the performance from the movie as a whole. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I said this to you earlier, but I feel the same way kind of about this as I did of last week's Mary Queen of Scots. Mm -hmm. I don't think it was a particularly strong movie, but I do think that the performances were great. And for that reason, I gave it a little bit more of a bump because just with as much screen time as these guys have, um, it, it didn't ever feel too taxing to get through the movie. Um, cause I could always be content watching them do their job essentially. Um, so it, I mean, it's, it's not going to be in my top, 50 of the year or anything, but, uh, it's, it's not a garbage movie Yeah, to me. What about you? How did this, what is, well, yeah, it was forgettable. Yeah. Uh, it's not something that I would, uh, gravitate towards for entertainment purposes and even for educational purposes, really. Um, a lot of this movie was just the same things happening on over and over. And I get that that's part of life, sure. but personally, I don't need to watch those parts of life happen. Yeah. So for me, it was, the performances were amazing, same thing, but overall this this movie was just not not my favorite and it's not going to get rated very high from me. Yeah, I think so like what you're saying, yeah, it does happen especially in an addict's life. It is there's repetition there, but I think um the, like an hour 50 minutes could have been truncated a little bit if if you had sort of um maybe relaxed on some of the time jumping mm -hmm. and really focused on the emotional gut punches when they came and then made the uplifting scenes even more so because of that. Um, and I think telling a story more linearly would have been uh, real beneficial. More impact. Yeah. yeah you would. I would have been invested a little bit more. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I think the, the, the jumping around really took away from the main plot. Yeah. So. Yeah, I think so too. All right. Let's rate this sucker. It is a five for me. Yeah? Yeah. I'm giving it a three and a half. All right. Yeah. It's 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 a movie. Yeah. You know, I, I'm... Probably never gonna watch it again. Yeah, probably not. But yeah, I don't. You ever think about how many movies we watch? Like, if that affects our rewatchability, I'd, I'd probably rewatch movies more often if I wasn't constantly watching other movies. Mm. Not. I'm not saying this one. Yeah, no. I'm just in general. No, the no. movies that stick out, I have rewatched. Yeah, yeah. So I still have this right here. What's that? Oh, oh. I just rewatched that the other day. So did I. We we're talking about blind spotting. Yeah, uh, we bought it. Sometimes we do a thing, Johnny and I, where we'll buy the Blu-ray DVD combo, and I don't have a Blu-ray player. Uh, and so I do. I, so I get the DVD version, then we each have the movie. Yeah, and it's cheaper. We're a cost-effective podcast. Yes. So, so your, your Patreon dollars hard at work. Yeah, so this is good. I love blind spotting. That's in my top five. Uh, that was my number one movie of 2018. Is that right? Yep. Did we do this yet? No. I, okay, good. Yeah. We'll do that. Yeah, I don't know. We'll do that. Well, I got to make a list still. Or we won't. Sure. I'd like to. I have fun doing that. Yeah. Uh, back to Austin Neiman. I think posted posted. Was it Austin or was it? It's somebody posted on Facebook on Facebook. Um, their top ten list in no particular order. I'll see if I can find it real quick. Yeah. Um, but there's some good movies in there. We'll look for that on the break. Sure, that makes more sense. In the meantime, we will be back with our second and final beer and the danger zone. So, spoilers and swearing and another beer are just around the corner. 
This water tastes really good. Danger zone. That's the sound. Yeah. Um, that's the sound of me clinking my glass against the bottle of the beer uh, that I'm about to tell people about. I haven't done this in a while, so I want to do it. Oh, God, he's going to say. In. You have to read it like this. This is, by the way, I wrote this wrong. That is not the place that's from. That's You're not reading it like this. Beer number two. I'm not reading it like Bane. No, Come on. You've got a way better Bane voice than I do. This is called Curmudgeon's Better Half by Founders. What'd you do with your R there? Curmudgeons. 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 Where's Founders from? Do you know? It's probably on the bottle, but I don't have the bottle. Uh, a place where they make beer? Shoot, isn't it like the Colorado or Kansas or... Okay, Alabama, Alaska, Arizona, Arkansas... Puerto Rico. No. Nope. <laughs> okay, you find that out. This is Curmudgeons Better Half. It's an old ale brewed with molasses and aged in maple syrup bourbon barrels. And you guessed it, this is not a low ABV style ale. It's 12.7%, 35 IBUs, and it's got a beer advocate rating of 4.3 over 1,600 ratings. Where are they from? I was going to write it down and show you. Oh, so we didn't sound unprofessional. Are they there out of Grand Rapids, Michigan? So hopefully they didn't use tap water to make this beer. Uh, Heyo, too soon probably, but... Well played. Not too soon. Still current. Yeah. Poor Flint. That's that's the too soon part of it. What tames an old ale like curmudgeon? Question mark. <laughs> the tender. You I don't. The I don't. I don't know why. The tender embrace of oak and sweet maple. That's what. The result is curmudgeon's better half. I did it again. Sorry. Curmudgeon. A harmonious matrimony of our deceptively smooth old ale brewed with molasses and time spent aging in bourbon barrels that have previously held maple syrup. Because all counterparts should be sweet, rich, and utterly delicious. Two questions. One. Have you? One. Where'd you get this? How much does it cost? I guess that's two questions. Question two, uh, have you ever had it? No. Mm-hmm. What about the uh, the first half there? Yes. Good. Spikes. Mm-hmm. $3.99 somewhere. $3.99? Yeah. Between three or five, somewhere in there. Is that right? This yeah. might be garbage beer. Wow. I mean, it's just like a, such a, that doesn't seem. Wow. I'm cheap and low. I'm not garbage. Well, that's, tr- that's, that might be true. God. Uh, that just seems cheap for this. It's a much? big beer, man. The last man. one was only five bucks. Yeah, but it was also a, a low ABV. This is a barrel age. Like a lot of work went into this beer. I assumed it was going to be like 10 bucks. Drink your water. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. What did we say? 12 and a point seven. 12 and a point seven. Yeah. That's crazy pants. It's, it's a lot. So I Founders does a lot of these kind of big barrel age type beers, and a lot of them are kind of along the lines of barley wines and old ales. and. They've been aging a lot of... Uh, Sometimes IPAs, IPAs, which and is gross. Questionable. Yeah, Question I don't think that. that's good at all. They did one of the Rum Runner. It was like an IPA in rum barrels. I don't know, man. I would just rather eat duty. Yeah, that like, doesn't. No. I mean, that doesn't sound good at all. I don't. I'm not big on like the uh, the IPA. Any type of aging, adding stuff to it. It doesn't. I don't think it's a good style for that. I like IPAs fresh. Yeah, leave them alone. I like them clear. We sound like old. We sound like curmudgeons. God damn it! Leave your leave your IPAs alone. Get your hazy IPAs off my lawn. So you've never had this? No. Have you had the regular curmudgeon? Yes. How's that? It's delicious. Okay. And I don't. Do you know the differences between the two? I guess it's just maybe not barrel aged. Barrel aging and in maple syrup, maple and molasses. Basically, the stuff you just read. It's the same. What curmudgeon is the same as this? They just added stuff to that. Right. Oh yeah. Okay. Right. Well, I'm interested in trying this. It looks. Uh, I don't know. What color is that? Kind of a light amber color. Nice little head there. Um, it reminds me of the color of um, chestnuts. It smells like fig jam. It smells like a jam of figs. A figgy pudding? A little bit. Yeah, sure. Or like a like a brown sugar reduction on the stove. You see it bubbling Ooh. and boiling? No. Like Bob boiling, the no. reduction on the stove? It smells like raisins. Yeah, raisins, prunes, uh, all that jazz. Although it's not as overpowering. I noticed you just had to cup your... Uh, hand around your nose area to smell it. It's still there, but it's a uh, it's more mellow than I expected. Smelling it, how's it taste? Tastes like raisin bran, like exactly like raisin bran. I get a little bit of vanilla, like a like a almost or like no, not vanilla, like a caramel. I was thinking like ice cream, like a real creamy caramel taste to it. Hmm. I get no maple. Oh, maybe that's what it is. Maybe I'm tasting maple, not caramel. That would make more sense. Yeah. Huh. Well, no, the nothing. maple's not standing out for me at all. I get maple. Now yeah. that I said maple, you get. So maple. I get something sweet and syrupy. I was saying caramel, but maple's probably what it is. Hmm. It's not a bad beer. It's oh. kind of weird. Oh, I like it. Yeah. 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 You fan of this? Beer. I do like this beer a lot. Old ales are always kind of hit or miss for me, but this one's not bad. No, this is definitely not bad. Four, 
four, we got to check the price. Four dollars, you think? Because four bucks, this is a steal for sure. Not a garbage so. beer. This is not a garbage beer, right? Yeah. You don't think it's a garbage beer? No. Yeah. I remember because my receipt was like 10 bucks. Yeah. So great. Yeah. It's got to be around there. Yeah. This is good, man. Like four or five bucks. Um, I'm wh- not that crazy about it. No. What are you, what are you lacking? It's not that like what I'm lacking is just what's there. It's really just like sickly sweet raisin bran. Yeah. I mean, I get the sweetness. It's also pretty damn hot on the back burner. A little bit. I can feel it kind of in my lower throat region. It's got like a the lower throatal. Yeah. Yeah. Just a little bit of heat though. It's definitely got like a, a little bit of a bourbon burn on the back end, which is probably the best part of it. Um, it's real sweet. Yeah. But I don't mind it. I think it's supposed to be. Yeah, I don't mind it either. Old Ales are kind of like that. I mean, it's super malty, super sweet. Um, it, the maple does not stand out distinctly for me. Well, so if it's not the maple that is the sweetness, what do you what are you tasting the sweetness? To it be? just tastes like sugar, like sugary sweetness. Yeah. Like the maple should have a little bit more spice and vanilla. Okay, and there's supposed to be molasses in this too. And I think mm. that might be the reason. Maybe that's what I'm tasting. Yeah, that's another thing that is in my mind is close to maple syrup. There's just like a gooey, sweet, syrupy yeah, taste. Exactly. It tastes gelatinously sweet. Yeah. It's I mean, it's not my favorite beer, but I don't dislike it. And again, like I mean, maybe I'm just one of those moods. Twelve point seven, great bang for buck. I'm into that right now. Yeah, I should have brought you four loco. Yeah, you should have. It's been a minute, man. It has. We should just put one of those, one of these episodes, throw it back to the old <sighs> should traditions. We though? Sure. Maybe we'll do that on a Patreon bonus episode just yes. to get fucking weird. I like you know what? Uh, we should do that when we have a couple of guests. That would be an interesting, although I really respect the movie we're going to do. So I don't want to butcher it with uh, sugary nonsense, but we'll, we'll throw it to the people that will be on that who will remain nameless. You're talking about things that our listeners and also I know nothing about. You so. do, but I can't No, say I don't it. know what movie we're doing. Yes, I you know, do. No, I don't. Maybe I do. I don't fucking. T- I promise you do. <laughs> but I keep, I keep, I keep the books. I'll show it to you and you'll be like, that's right. I remember. All Point right. is, if you want to know what we're talking about, join us on Patreon. It's a uh, very inexpensive and you get, uh, more of this, everybody, and events. So good times. More of me. More of yeah. More of all this. Uh, okay, let's rate this beer. Let's rate Curmudgeon's Better Half by Founders. I what think, do you have? I think it's good. I think it's it's what it is. Yeah. I mean, it's as advertised. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna go ahead and say it's a seven point five for me. Yeah. Pretty drinkable. Uh, but again, not. I probably couldn't drink too much of it. Obviously. Yeah. I don't um, even think I could drink a twelve ounce bottle of this unless I slammed it. This would be a great uh, Pocock challenge. Because I've never seen this before. Maybe it's seasonal. Uh, if anybody listening is on Chico Beer Enthusiasts, you know what that is. I, you know what? I haven't done a Poco Challenge in like a year. Maybe longer. You're going to get uh, one of these and do it? I would do it. if it, I, Somebody's going to have to challenge me. I'm not going to just start it up because I'm an adult. I'm challenging you from non-Facebook no, land. not a thing. All right, I'll make Shalina do it. <laughs> she has to do one first, though. No. That's the whole thing. Yeah, yeah that's, how the, well, that's how the challenge works. We're getting off track. Yeah. Okay. It's the danger zone, bro. It is. Uh, but we do have to touch on a couple things before we end the episode, which yeah, is not- like me rating similar. this fucking beer. Calm yes. down. Yes. I'm excited. Jeez, man. What you got? Who drank the pot of coffee today? I started talking when you took a drink, and it looks like you're about to do it again, which is going to keep me talking. Yeah, because you kept talking. I was like, I'm just going <laughs> to fucking drink. <laughs> okay, Johnny Zummers. I said 7.5 on this. What do you think? You know, I really am not a fan of this beer. It's growing on me in the opposite direction. Okay, sure. Uh, it's too sweet. Okay. It's just simply too sweet. Uh, it's it's a three. Oh, all right. That's not, a bummer. I, Can you, you make it a 3.99 or would that be inappropriate? That would be inappropriate. Damn it. All right. Well, it's okay. Would have been nice. Maybe it's not even 3.99. I honestly don't know where this boost came from in my persona. Yeah, man. Sometimes I'll listen back to an episode and the danger zone just gets, I just light up. I don't know what happens to me. Something between the end of the second and then now. I just, it, I bloom. If only there was some way to have this feeling for the whole podcast. Yes. Would it be alcohol or coffee? Or, or just both? freedom to I say think, fuck. You know, it's just, I see, I still haven't even said it. It's not the part of it for me. It's just, uh, I don't know what it is. You're not scared anymore. I ain't never scared. So <laughs> I, I don't know what you're talking about. All right. So now that Max isn't scared. Yes. Uh, that's curmudgeon's better half that's a big shining no. fuck this beer for no. me okay and max have, thinks it's pretty awesome it's fine beer yeah he's gonna pocock it yeah i might if somebody challenges me on facebook tag me get at me whatever you call it these days i'll i'll do i'll pocock one of these i'm into that all right so i need to remind you now we're gonna move to our listeners actually i'm gonna remind, remind you we're moving on to hot and bothered oh, johnny shit. you have a podcast gripe that you've been teasing for i don't know 50 minutes oh god what is it yeah what is the thing you don't like about podcasts so I listen to a few podcasts that are pretty significantly 
you know, sized. Name names. Uh, I think it is. God, which ones fucking do it? We'll tag them. I think uh, Jamie Josta's podcast does it. And I know the fighter and the kid does it every once in a while where they just are mid conversation and there's no segue or warning or anything. And there's even no break in the, the, the dialogue, but it jumps into a commercial. I hate that shit, bro. Yeah. You know who else does that? Uh, is how stuff works. Yeah. Um, and they don't do it that often. A lot of times you want to take a break. Uh, and he's like, sure, Chuck. Um, and then they go to break, but sometimes it's just like, and here's, you know, it would be funny because they just, they'll just be like, let's just go to, and we're just talking about something. Ah, I thought that was going to work. Yeah. And then you go, yeah, I tried to do it, but yeah. my track's off. And there's some that are good about it. Like Chris D'Elia's podcast. Uh, he actually has a sound drop of a Brinks truck backing up because mm. his ads make him money. Obviously. I don't get it. Oh, the, sorry. I picture just like a garbage truck. No, like a Brinks, a money, the armored. armored yeah. yeah. Sure. It's like beep, beep. Yeah. Yeah, he, and then he's always like, "I'm gonna do some reads and make that money." That's beep, great. Beep. Yeah, I mean, be, be upfront about it. Yeah, exactly. Because then you know it's coming, and you can fast forward through that shit because you don't care. See, that's, maybe that's the strategy. People are like, "All right, too bad the ad's already happening. They don't have time to skip it." I don't want to get ear raped by ads. Yeah, I mean, or AIDS or ads. Yeah, AIDS ads, ads, AIDS ads. I don't know. Uh, it's it's unprofessional. I and think I'll, ours are. I think we do ours well. Also, I, I, I need to speak about you. Publicly oh, no. and okay. yeah, in the Fine. court of public opinion. Do it. I am truly lucky to have someone so talented as you pushing all these buttons oh, and Jesus. making our podcast sound amazing. <laughs> I listen to so many podcasts that have significantly higher budgets. Yeah. And they sound like dog shit. And they're mixed all wrong. Like I can tell when a show is mixed too low and I have to crank my car yeah. audio up twice as high as usual. It's just unprofessional. Uh, so I would like to give Max a solo round of applause. That's very sweet. For being a goddamn professional and making us sound awesome. I think that's the only thing you and I ever get into arguments about, too. Is like... Well, that and editing stuff. That's what I'm saying. Like, But the editing stuff is often trying to make things sound better. And I'm like, fuck that. It's You're like, funny. No, it's funny. And I'm like, just let me take out this little bit no, of silence. And like, all right, fine. Take that out. Believe in the funny part. I wrote this right here. I wrote silences during tasting for this last beer. I'm going to cut out like random moments. No. Like a second and a half. Just leave it. I won't because it's going to sound terrible. No, just leave the awkward silence. We're doing it now. <laughs> this is happening now. And you're gonna you're gonna do this until I stop. I can keep talking forever. No, I'm, I'm not, so I'm, wired. Yeah. Why are you wired? Well, I don't know. Necessity. You've, this is the first time you've drank in a while, huh? Nope. Mm-mm. No. No. Since last night. Okay. It's, That's why. Yeah. You're shaking the hangover. Sure. Yeah. And this beer's got you energized. I had a whole two beers last night with dinner. But I, yeah. I accidentally had like eight beers. Mm, it happens. Yeah. It does. So that's that's my bothered, but I got a fucking hot, dude. Hit me. I got drunk and booked a flight to Orlando last night. Oh, you finally booked the booked the flight? Yeah, nice. we're going. Going Tell to Orlando. If you want. Uh, Shalina won a trip to Orlando because she's a badass at her work, so she gets to go to um, there. Great. And I'm tagging and you're along. Going. Sure. Because yeah. her hotel's paid for and stuff, so I'm just going to like squeeze on in there and be like, hi, I'm here too. That's awesome. And I get to go to the Wizarding World of Harry Potter. Dude, you're going to have waiting some lines. The theme park. Yeah, you should get a wand while you're there. They're only $200. We're probably going to get one. Yeah, you probably should. Yeah, I'm yeah. gonna might might try and steal one. Get butter beer also. Try that in that bar in the Hogshead. Oh, I know they have real beer. Do it. Yeah, they have real butter beer. No, they have real beer. They yeah, serve alcohol. There. I think they serve alcoholic butter beer. No, they serve like beer and cocktails too. I'm saying both are a thing. I'm saying they oh. also have alcoholic butter. Beer. Yes, but I would like an alcoholic regular. Oh, beer. You could get that here. You should get an alcoholic butter beer because it's the only place you can get it. Fine, I'll have one. Yeah, and then I'll have regular beer. All right, yeah. But yeah, I'm really super stoked. And then I think the group she's with is going to SeaWorld, and we're going to have like a big fucking two-person protest. Oh, fun. Fuck that. Sure. We're not going to SeaWorld. Love it. Oh, I thought you meant a protest at SeaWorld. No, not there. Okay. We're just going to not go. Sure. Because Madame Tussaud, Tussaud, Tussaud yeah. the Wax Museum is in Orlando, the oh. world-famous sure. Wax Museum. Wax Museums are cool. I've only been to one. Yeah, it seems fun. Yes. So that's my hot because I'm stoked. I've never explored Florida very much. So there's going to be all kinds of breweries and fun stuff that I've never been to. Should be a good time. You should bring a, a pocket square to dab sweat with. Gets very sweaty there. Yeah, so and I don't muscle. do well with humidity. No. Nashville was so humid when it's, I went. Yeah, it's like Nashville times two. Oh, no. It's a nightmare. I'm canceling my flight. What, I mean, I don't, I've never been in the winter, I guess. Maybe it's fine. Is March winter? No. Yeah. No. It's Although, I don't know. Spring-ish. Yeah. Yeah, tale of tale of spring. Summer's the worst. Yeah. That sucks. Luckily we're not going like dead of summer. Like yeah. I wouldn't go in August. Yeah. 
But yeah, it's going to be fun, man. I'm stoked to go to, uh, might be getting to go to Universal Studios. So That'd be fun. Could get some cool movie experience type stuff. Yeah. Wait, isn't the theme park Universal Studios, yeah. right? But it's also like movies. Yeah, well, it's Universal. I haven't oh. been since I was a kid. I don't remember what, I remember there were rides. Yeah. That's it. Oh yeah, I'm not big on rides or anything like that. So we'll see. Do you like roller coasters? Mm, I love roller coasters. I hate heights. So I have a mm. very conflicted relationship with them. Uh, there's certain roller coasters out there in the world that do not start at a high altitude. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I love those. I'd say most of them don't start at a high altitude. Uh, most of them have that click, click, click. Oh, click, I understand. Click, I thought you meant like, yeah, because they all start like at the ground. Well, and you no, climb but up. like, yeah. there's ones that you can get in and they just like take off. Oh, yeah, sure. I love those. But because I don't mind ascending really fast. It's the slow ascend. Yeah. Because yeah. I, especially I was on one at um, the, the one in Vallejo. And the big orange one, I think it's called Kong, and your feet dangle. Oh, so you're those like, are fun. Yeah, and it's just nothing on yeah. you. I don't like that. Yeah. There's a, in London, in the city of Brighton, there's a pier, and they have a, uh, one of those ones where you sit. It's got kind of like a, a long arm, and everybody sits facing the outside in a big circle. And then it kind of lifts up, and it spins you this way while also swinging you. Oh, fun. And it extended seen- over the ocean and comes back in. Whoa. And I would never ride that. That's pretty cool. I would be so afraid for, A, the arm to come off anyways, but then, like, to be the strapped in while you drown with strangers next to you. And just, right. I, don't, I don't need that risk. So you always carry a knife and cut yourself out. You ain't cutting through that rebar thing that's pinning uh, your bladder down. Oh, that's true. Yeah, you're screwed. You're in for the long haul yeah. at that point. Oh, that'd be terrible. I would be, that would be a terrible way to go. Yeah. Second only, maybe, to meth overdose. That would be worse. I don't know. You'd be really high first. That's true. I guess that is better. That's actually probably pretty low on the list of ways to go. Yeah, it'd be pretty chill. Shark bite. On, Ooh, the, la, la. on the foot. Nice. Uh, takes off the foot. Then bleed. more sharks come to you. And then bleed out. Yeah, that would be not good. There's a lot of ways to die that would not be good, actually. Yeah. You don't have to list them. I we, mean, we could. We could. It would take a while. Yeah. I vote that we focus on meth overdose right now. Yeah, considering... <laughs> This episode's dark enough. Yeah. If you, yeah. Maybe we'll do that on the bonus content for Patreon and just list our- That sounds fun to me. I don't want to get into that tonight. I'm in a good mood. All right. Fair enough. I don't enough. want to talk about death. Okay. <laughs> All right. So- Spoiler alerts for Beautiful Boy. Timothy Chalamet didn't die and I wish he would have. No. Again, real people here, we're talking about the movie. You can't though. You're basically saying you wish the real person would have died, which is, I mean, I don't know if you want to say that. I don't know. He's a real, like a real person. So, yeah. You know, I, you know, you live your life, I suppose. Probably would have added 20 years to his dad's life if he hadn't put him through all that. So Yeah, but that's the whole thing. You're a parent. Like, you got to, I don't know, things yeah. happen. You got to love your kid. And that's what I think was really strong about this was was that conversation that I couldn't say earlier when they're on the phone and he's like, Dad, I need, you guys have to be there for me. I need to come home. And his dad's like, no. Yeah. And then when they hang up the phone, Steve Carell's reaction was so, ugh, so good. Yeah. So bad. So, and yeah, like you said before the podcast, I'm going to fucking say it on record. Anyone that makes Steve Carell yes. cry. Deserves to die a horrible death. So in that respect, Timothy Chalamet or whatever, in the context of the movie. Nick Schluff or dead. Chef. Don't make your dad Steve Carell cry like no. that. He's an angel. Don't make Steve Carell cry. Those tears are just like jewels from heaven. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, that was that was interesting. He just, dude, it was so much of the same thing over and over. Like, yeah. How many times do I need to see Timothy Chalamet break down crying and say I'm sorry? Actually, I don't think that happened that much. I don't think he apologized that much. It felt like a lot. Yeah, I think it's still for me was a pacing issue. Um, like I, th- I think to to drive that home properly, the experience of an addict, you do have to see it a bunch. It's got to happen over and yeah. over again. You have to almost believe it. Yeah. Okay, he's done. Oh, now we're back. And I think part of us as an audience is kind of going through with his family or people in his life. Like another time, here we go. And by the end, you're like, I'm so sick of this. Like I, you kind of relate to his family by the end. It's like I get it. Yeah. I think yeah, that was actually a good move. That's one of the the strongest points of this movie is that it displays what addiction does to families. And mm. also it's an amazing portrayal of the unconditional love a father has for his son. And I was actually sitting there in the movie theater wondering to myself if I will ever love anything that much. Yeah. I think that's something you have to be a parent to understand. Yeah. Because I've had to cut people out of my life. I've I've had to move on. And there's been drug addicts that I've had to not be around anymore and you know and i don't know i think that's a like a real parent thing like they say your brain changes when you have a kid yeah and when you do meth yeah as it turns out yep that too that's why people who are on meth should not have kids correct your brain changes too much yeah they should have less kids many almost none i would say none to probably none yeah no yeah it makes me think of train spotting again Mm -hmm. 
Uh, anyways, so that was really interesting. Just that display of unconditional love and mm-hmm. it, portrayed by Steve Carell because I believe it. Yep. You know, I believe Steve Carell is capable of unconditional love. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, just seeing it on screen, it was very thought provoking. Yeah. That was probably the highlight of the movie for me. Steve Carell's performance or just the, the that can that portrayal of that unconditional love and sometimes that unconditional love leads you to letting go yeah. and saying no and saying I can't help you anymore if you have to fucking die, you have to die. Like sorry, I cuz in that scene when he said no, mm. Steve Carell was on a hike with his wife and children. Or no, he was talking, that was later in the movie. There was yes. a scene where he was talking to ex-wife, played by Holly Flags. Holly Flags, Amy Ryan. Um, yeah. And he was on a kid, on a hike with his his kids and his his wife. And Oh, right, right, right. And there was just that, like, moment where... They're divorced, by the way. Yeah. That's like, they live in separate places. Mm-hmm. If you haven't seen the movie, you don't care. They, they, yeah. Amy Ryan's character, Vicky, uh, Timothy Chalamet's mother. Yeah, lives, lives in, in LA. LA. They live in, like, south of San Francisco somewhere. Yeah. But yeah, the scene is basically her the ex-wife saying we have to be there for him we have to be there for him no matter what and steve carell's looking at his kids like his literally young, yeah, other kids like hike away like realizing obviously i have to be here for them too yeah like i don't know there was some interesting crossroads and the the path of unconditional love is often incredibly difficult yeah sure so I thought that was interesting and thought provoking can anybody address why he's also like a 55 I, I don't want to rag on lifestyles but like they're not young parents and they're yeah. having like, like these two kids. Like, like that's already so stressful. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. They had those kids late. Pretty late. Yeah. Yeah. It was an interesting move, man. Yeah. But I do get it. Your point, I think as well, well said. That's you gotta, I, like at some point sounds cliche, but like you can only affect what you do and mm-hmm. how you feel and you can't do other things for, you can't make other people do other things. Yeah. And that, that might hit me that hard because I've had to do that. Yeah. And be like, no, like, yeah just draw a line in the sand and like realize what's good for me, you know, can't be what's good for you. So yeah, it's, it's an interesting movie, man. It definitely brought up some, some tough stuff in the past. So it was uh, an interesting personal experience for me trying to evaluate this movie from an objective point of view while also having, you know, some pretty serious personal connections with the subject matter. Yeah. So definitely, uh, I think I did well. Yeah. And it was uh it was an interesting movie. But I do have one final question. What's up? Are you glad to have seen this movie? If you could go back in time now, you don't have this podcast obligation, would you still would you still want to have seen it? Yeah. Okay. That's I have, have incredibly uh large amounts of respect for both male leads in this movie. Not to say that the females weren't great, but I just I love Timothy Chalamet. I think he's the next superstar. Uh, or at least a superstar of indie films. Yeah, I, I mean, he's yeah for sure working his way up, though. He's That's, such a powerful actor, and then obviously I will forever see anything Steve Carell does. Yeah. So Have you seen Marwin yet? Welcome to Marwin. Uh, we got to see that. Some miniatures. He's the He like makes miniatures. He's a uh, war vet. Okay. Deals with PTSD. Mm. Huge cast in that movie. Really want to see it. Uh, I think I missed it in theaters, so I'm going to watch it when it comes out. Yeah, so check that out. But I do love, like, I, I don't know, man. I love indie films. I think a lot of... A lot of actors work their whole career so they can do films like this. Mm-hmm. So the fact that Timothy Chalamet has already kind of taken over that scene. Yeah. I think he's got good things coming. Yeah. And you can kind of tell from his movies that he's picking things that he wants to do, that yeah. he gives a shit about. Yeah. And it shows in the performances. Yeah. Like the final product is really better off when you have people that aren't just doing it for money, but they're right. actually invested personally in the project. Which is a great transition to the final point I wanted to make about the world. Uh, this is uh, from Box Office Mojo. Aquaman is ready for the fourth week at number one, <sighs> which <laughs> makes me so sad. Yeah, uh, that's cool, man. It's for a month. Aquaman, a universally accepted bad movie, and you can say it's entertaining. I haven't seen it, um, but I've heard people say it's bad, but entertaining. Other people are like bad. It's just bad. My parents loved it. Sure, there's people that love it. They were raving about it last. Yeah, time I those saw them. people are they're wrong. I was um, like, you know what? I'm I'm happy for you guys. Yeah, I guess that's like, fine. I can only affect what I do, not what yeah, you do. Sometimes unconditional love's about letting hard, go. This is harder than what they went through in of the movie. Your shitty movie choices. Yeah, I'm gonna see Aquaman. I've heard I've heard it's a spectacle, pretty yeah. spectacular. Uh, I'm gonna rent the shit out of it. I would. Yeah, I could. I could see having a couple beers, uh, maybe uh, watching my friends smoke a little marijuana and then watch it. Yeah, sort of thing. That could be good. I am 
going to rent it not at all the best because I would not degrade myself in their eyes. Like I would be That's embarrassed. Fair. You'd to be a new that. member. Like, hey, I'm John. I'm so excited for your movie section. Do you guys have I'm not a new member? What? I'm not a new member. You have a membership? Yeah. I didn't know that. You just don't go. No, I go. Didn't we just talk about this where you don't go? You go to Redbox? No. Yes. I said I go to Redbox more frequently. Ah, I guess uh, the implication yeah. of my brain is you don't even have a membership there. No, I, oh. I go there semi-frequently. How how frequently is that? Maybe once a month. Oh, okay. Well, that's that's something. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Austin, big bald, went yep. there for the first time. So shout out to yes. him. Yes. Yeah. He saw, wanted to see a movie. Uh, I forget what it was. Yep. Don't remember. All right. Well. And uh, it was like six bucks to stream. And yeah. he was like, well, I'm just going to go rent it. He yeah. wanted to go to the taco truck. It's, it's a decent taco truck. It's too. pretty good. It's and a it's pretty just, good circuit. Yeah. You can hit that. You can go, here's what you can do. You can get your taco truck food, go over to the Chico Tap Room, have a beer or two, go rent your movies, go home. Yeah. It's or, a great day. Or grab the movies while you're at the taco truck to save yourself going back to the <sighs> same parking that makes, lot. That makes a lot more sense. Yeah. Yeah. Like infinitely more sense. I feel dumber for not saying that. That's all right. We're talking about Aquaman. You automatically get dumber. Yeah. I'm taking that off the screen because it's so dumb. Yeah. Uh, I'm done, by the way, with Getting, all this. <laughs> all right. So I'm Johnny, and now I'm dumber by osmosis. Yeah, I am Max Minardi. Um, please, 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 if you like our show, give us a rating and a review, or at the very least, a rating. It's like I think it's like two clicks. You go to what you're listening on now, you click our name, and then you go to like rate, and you just be like five stars across the board, mm-hmm. and then write us a funny comment, and we'll mention you on the show. I haven't actually checked if there's any new comments since last week, so if we're you did one, I'm sorry, we're behind. Uh, also, hit us up on social media. We post stuff more frequently, we're more off. frequently when people tell us things. Go ahead, you were gonna list them, I think. Oh yeah, Twitter, yes, Facebook. Mm. Instagram and untapped untapped letterboxed and letterboxed for beer and movies respectively. You can find us there. I've been getting real geeky about beer or movie reviews lately. Yeah. Been writing a bunch. Letterboxd is a lot of fun. I love letterboxd. It's a fun way to keep track of movies that you want to see. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. And it tells you like where you can find movies. It's a great app guys. Letter B O X D. I use that app so often to figure out where stuff's streaming. It's the best. Because I'm like, oh, this is a crazy movie I've never like heard of before right now, and I want to watch it immediately. Yep. Oh, you it's know, on Amazon Prime, and it's free. It does say something. It doesn't distinguish. It's like Amazon. It's like, tell me if it's free or if I have to rent it. Because like everything's on Amazon no. if you want to buy it. There's an Amazon and Amazon Prime. Is there really? Yeah. I mean, I just never so it, it delineates. Okay. All right. Got you, dog. So this is Fresh Up Cinema. Hope you had a good time, everybody. If you get the beers or watch this movie, let us know. I think the real takeaway from today's episode is love each other and don't do meth. That's a good, that's a real solid takeaway. Probably one of the most correct blanket statements we've ever made. Yeah, and I make a lot of dumb blanket statements. So uh, go with that. Until next week, that's Johnny Summers. And that's Max Minardi. And together we're Fresh Hop Cinema and we are done. This is Fresh Hot Cinema.